table, Lord God, we give you praise this morning. God, we lift our hearts, we lift our voices, we lift our hands. God, because we choose to, to praise you, to worship you, to bow down before you. God, we thank you this morning that we can remember that you've given us life. That you've redeemed us. That life comes through Jesus. And God, this morning I pray that, that we might know that life, know that grace, know that resurrection in a meaningful way. In a way that changes how we live, that changes how we think, that changes how we relate to each other. God, that your redemption would work through us, towards each other, towards you. God, we're so thankful for all you've done for us, for all that you are. And God, we pray this morning that you would get so much glory and so much honor in all that happens here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, please grab a seat. Fantastic to see so many faces, so many smiles. It's good. Are you happy to be in church this morning? Are you happy to be watching online this morning? Share in the comments. It's like they don't they can't say anything back to us, but we Bonnie will tell us that they're all excited to watch. They're all there. We'll assume they said yes because why else would they not say yes? That's right. Hey, if it's your first time with us this morning, then I want to extend a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. Um, We have a church centre app on the App Store or the Play Store, which everything happens through that app. You can get your Connect cards, Next Step cards. You can find giving details there. You can check in to church uh, there, which we've all done, haven't we? Everyone has checked in. Every day, every Sunday, every time you come into the building, you need to check in. It's the same as when you go to a restaurant, you need to check in. Don't rely on the people at the door um, to check you in. Get the app on your phone and just do it yourself. You don't have to do it as you walk through the door. You can do it from home. You can do it in the car. You can do it right now when you're sitting in the service. It doesn't matter when as long as you do it. Um, But it's fantastic if you can do that yourself because um, no doubt this will be going on for another few months to go, a few months yet, so um, please just get in the habit of of doing it yourself because that saves our our Welcome and Asha team just to uh, really welcome people that are here for the first time and that need some extra assistance. Is that good? Everyone got the app? You know what I'm talking about? Church centre. Church centre. That's all you need. Very good. And then... I'm pretty sure it's easy after that. Pretty sure, pretty sure. Um, Like I said, giving details are um, in your newsletter, which you can get emailed on the Church Centre app. Uh, There is a physical offering letterbox at the back that you can post if you need to after the service. That would be fantastic. Uh, We've got a bike ride coming up on February 6th. So if you've got your bikes and you want to ride for about an hour... For about an hour? Oh no, it's an hour's drive to then ride. Wow. Okay. Why don't you just why don't you just ride to the spot, Tim? How long would that take? Just an hour and a half, probably, wouldn't it? You can ride pretty fast. No, see Tim and Lisa, give us a wave, Tim. Tim and Lisa are over there. Um, they can 
uh, help you out with all the, the details, but February 6th, meeting here at the church, heading out uh, for a ride, and uh, that's a fun time. It's always a fun time. Families, kids welcome, all ages, are not too hard, not too many hills. Okay, Felicia can do it, anyone can do it apparently. Well, it's very optimistic of you, Lisa, but you heard her say it. Very good. Next week, everyone say next week. I'm taking a lot of time here, aren't I? Um, Steve Poss is having his induction service next week, so we are inducting him. Um, it's going to be an exciting Sunday. We've got Pastor Bill Brown, Dr. Professor Pastor Bill Brown. If, he, if you know anything about Baptist uh, circles of Victoria, Bill Brown is a legend, uh, and he's working in the union at the moment. He's coming down to help us with the induction and to preach, uh, and it's going to be a fantastic Sunday. So make sure you're here next Sunday morning or streaming online. It's going to be a good morning. And then, kids, say two weeks. Two weeks, we get to go to school. No, not just school, but kids' ministry is back. SBC Kids is coming back on Feb 7. It's a bigger cheer from the parents than the kids. No, it's going to be exciting. SBC Kids is back on the 7th of Feb. We're still working out the COVID logistics of that, but rest assured, it will be on um, on the 7th of Feb. Also, this morning, everyone say, oh, um, I, I don't know if you know, but Kieran up the back there with the headphones on, give us a wave, Kieran, and Steph down the front here, give us a wave, Steph. It's their last Sunday with us this morning. I wonder if you guys, I know you're busy doing a job, but come down the front for a second, Kieran and Steph, I'm going to embarrass you for a moment, just in front of everyone. Steph and Kieran have been serving on multiple teams for basically since they were born, because they're very young. Good on you, Kieran. He's running sound. But Steph and Kieran have been on our, um, obviously, our tech team, our worship team, youth team, kids team, missions. That's it? Other things? I'm sure there's other things. But they've served in multiple areas uh, for so many years, so faithfully, like week in, week out. They're the sort of people that turn up every week that are always willing to help out the last minute uh, just faithful in, in using their gifts and, and serving God with what they have. And um, I've really loved having you guys serve on our team and part of our church. And I know you've got great friends here um, and great connections, and you're going to be really, really missed. And I really pray and hope that you find a church and a community to connect into up in Queensland. Um, we won't hold that against them, will we? It would be nice to be in Queensland. Um, but God's got big plans for you up there, and I know that you're looking forward to, to being up there. And um, I just thought it'd be great to just to spend a moment to pray for Steph and Kieran, and then and then um, continue to pray for for some of the needs in our church. So why don't you stand with us uh, and let's pray together? God, we uh, we give you praise and we give you thanks, God, just for the for the family and the church that we get to be a part of. And and God, this morning we especially just set aside this moment to to praise you for for Steph and for Kieran, for all they are to this church and this body and this family and all that you've done in them and through them, the people that you have um, ministered to uh, and the way that they've been ministered to. And God, we pray that uh, as they move and, and head into a new season and a new place, God, that you would go before them, that you would prepare a place for them to, to grow their roots even deeper, to flourish in their faith and to, to find a community to belong to and to contribute to. And so, God, we know that you have big plans for them and and God, we just pray that you would continue to, to mould them and shape them into all that you want them to be. And so, God, we give you praise for them in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you so much, guys. Give them a hand. Stay standing. Stay standing. <laughs> Let's continue to pray. We've got some needs in our community, and, and we want to pray for, for all our um, ministries that are going on and the things that, are, that God wants to do in our community um, through us. And um, yeah, let's just join our faith together and really pray. God, we thank you this morning just for the opportunity we have to, to come before you, to lift our burdens, to lift our cares, to lift our joys and our worries before you. And God, this morning we pray that, that you would hear our prayers and that you would um, ignite our faith to believe that you could do impossible things. God, we know that you call us to, to pray and call us to, to call upon you when, uh, when things seem hopeless uh, and when things are, are not going well. And God, we know that there are needs in our community, there are needs in our family. God, we lift up Vaughan to you and we know that you have him in the, in the palm of your hand. And we know that you love him, that you care for him. And, and God, we pray for, here, for Pat and for, for Lauren and for the family. God, we just pray that your peace would be upon them like never before. And God, for other needs in our our family that that you know and that we know, God, we lift them before you right now and we pray that you would have your way. God, we pray for your peace and your protection. We pray for your healing. We pray for your providence, your provision. And God, we just, we lift our hearts to you and we know that we can trust you with the little things and with the big things. God, we lift up our, our town, we lift up sail and all surrounding communities. God, that we are called to serve in, that we are called to reach out to. And God, we know that you are already at work. God, the harvest is plentiful. And so God, we pray that you would stir within us a, a desire and a heart to, to love people into the kingdom like never before. God, we pray that this year we would see people come to know you in life-changing ways through the work and through the ministry of people in this building and people that are watching online. God, would you use us with the gifts that you've given us? Give us the opportunities to to share the good news of Jesus. Give us the faith and the boldness to do it as well. God, we thank you for all that you want to do this morning. We thank you for the word that's about to be preached. God, we pray that you would use it, you would soften our hearts to receive it. We love you, God. We, we just give you these next few moments. We pray that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, grab a seat. It's great to have um, special guests um, come and preach. And this morning we have, I know some people have been very excited about this morning. They've seen the newsletter, been tweeting their friends, texting people they saw in the newsletter who was preaching. Some people maybe have just tr- traveled hours to be here because we've got Scott Morrison in the building this morning. Scott's been a missionary in Thailand for the last four years. I know that you didn't know that about Scott Morrison, but he has. Uh, Scott and Sarah have been over there for the last four years and their family. And um, Scott's been a good friend um, of Sal Baptist, of myself, of Derek and our family. Um, Derek, my brother, and Scott went to Bible college together just a few years ago, not that long ago. Um, And Scott's preached before. If if you've heard him speak, um, you've been blessed. And we're really excited for what Scott's going to preach this morning, share his heart, share a bit about missions and what he's doing over there. So let's give Scott a huge welcome and thank you for sharing with us this morning. Thank you, brother. I'm uh, getting used to disappointing whole rooms of people. It's been a phenomenon that's only been a part of my life for the last, 
what, two and a half years. But hey, I was, um, was going to be speaking. I spoke at my old youth a few weeks back um, via, via Zoom. And um, I, was, I was informed that when it was announced that Scott Morrison was preaching, was speaking that week, the kids ran and told their parents that Scott Morrison's preaching. It's like, ah, oh, sorry, guys, not that Scott Morrison. It's Scott Morrison. So I hope you aren't too disappointed. <laughs> no, um, hey, I, I just want to say I, lo- I, love, I love the prayer that, that Brad was praying about, about uh, igniting a, a, a belief, uh, igniting a fire, a faith for the impossible to happen. That is a great prayer to be praying. And man, if this is a church that keeps praying that and keeps believing for that, God's going to do some really cool things here. That's a, I think we can often lose sight of that, but that's a, that's a really, really good prayer. So I'm, uh, I'm Scott Morrison. My wife is... Uh, and, 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 uh, and with my two kids, we serve the Lord in, in northeast Thailand. Um, my wife is currently eight months pregnant, and the thought of a three-hour drive down here while she's that uncomfortable was a bit much for her to take. So today it's just me with uh, my five year, almost five-year-old boy, Joshy, in, um, in, kids space, in kids' room right now. Yeah, so we, uh, about, about nine years ago, we caught God's heart for unreached people groups. I'll talk a bit more about unreached people groups in a little bit, but we caught God's heart for the most lost of the lost people, people that are never going to have a chance to hear the good news. I'll explain a bit more about that. But we really caught God's heart for that. And so then seven years ago, he gave us a specific people group that we were going to be really passionate for. And this is the, the Isan people. And then four years ago, we relocated with our then one-year-old to, North, uh, to, to Thailand, had a year in language school, and then we've been living in northeast Thailand for the past three years. And what we are doing there is we're telling people about Jesus. That's what we do. We want, we want, to, see, we want to see that whole region know Jesus. It's 0.18% Christian, um, which I don't know how you are with your numbers, but that's not very Christian. Uh, there's a lot of people there that go their whole lives having never had a chance to even meet a Christian, let alone hear the good news. And uh, the way I read my Bible, that's, that's not a good thing. That's not a good place to be. So... We tell people about Jesus, and uh, we, we, we help those people to tell other people about Jesus. You know, we're not in the center of it. We want Thai people to be telling Thai people about Jesus. And it's our hope that every single village would have a church in it. Every single village would have people in that village that will tell other people about Jesus. That's what we're doing there. That's what our heart is. Now, I figured I'd start off by saying some of the cool things that God's been doing, because it's been a really cool season. It's been hard. But it's been a really cool season. I figure it's always encouraging to hear some of the cool stuff that God's been doing. So uh, one of the questions we get asked, can we um, jump to the next slide? There we go. This is Gwet Diao. Has anybody had Gwet Diao before? Kim, you would have had it. Yeah, Kim and Hans have had it. Anybody, it's, it's just noodle soup, but it's really good. It's pretty healthy, and it's, it's cheap. It's like $1.50 for a bowl of this stuff, and it's good. We'd get this, you know, two, three times a week. About 60 meters from our door, there's a lady who sells this stuff. You know, she opens at seven, closes at five, and she does that seven days a week, and she's got another job on the side, very busy lady, but she makes great diao. And uh, one day she asks me, she goes, uh, what, what do you do here? Are you a teacher? And I say, no, I'm, I'm not a teacher. We talk of the, we're, we're here to tell of the way out of sin. And she looks at me and goes, Really? I have so much sin. Can you teach me? I'm just, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, we can. So we started telling her a bit, about, a bit about the good news of Jesus, and she was just eyes wide open. This is amazing good news. She'd never heard any of this before. 
And then um, we, 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 uh, we said our goodbyes. We put it in a good position to come back and talk to her later. And then a few days later, we were prayer walking at 7 a.m. Our family was, we, we, we prayer walk most mornings. And we passed her as she was setting up. And, um, and she was, oh, Scott, it's good to see you. I said, hey, can, can, we, can we bless you in Jesus' name? And she said, we'd love, we'd love you to. And so um, we, we stood there and we blessed her in Jesus' name. We stand like this, eyes open, and we pray for him. And we prayed, um, we prayed a, just a general prayer of blessing. We, we named specific things, but... Um, just for her physical health, for her financial well-being, for her debt, for yeah, all that sort of stuff. And then when we left, she's like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, um, and we, you know, it, was, it, was, it was a cool opportunity. Didn't think too much more of it. Then a few days later at the Friday night market, she comes running up to me and she says, Scott, Scott, since you blessed me. And then she said a word which I, which I didn't understand. The word was Hawaii, which I, I, I heard the word, but I didn't understand Hawaii. And she said something about Hawaii. And then, and then 2,000 baht which is about 100 Australian dollars or, you know, roughly her, her weekly income, her weekly salary. And she said that. And I stopped and I said, hang on, did, did God bless you with, with 2,000 baht? And she said, yes. And I jumped on that. I was like, God sees you. He loves you. The God who created the universe and everything in it wants you to know him. And she was just eyes wide open saying, thank you so much, Scott. Thank you. And, and so, again, we left it in a place where we could, where we could restart this conversation in a little bit. And I came home, I was buzzing, that was a really fun interaction. I came home and I told my wife about it. And I said, there was this one word which I didn't understand, Hawaii. And Sarah smiles and looks at me and says, so Hawaii means lottery. <laughs> now, I wouldn't normally advocate people to chase after God's blessings by the lottery. So if you're, what, if, if you're at home watching or anybody here, this is not an endorsement to go and buy a lottery ticket because, but that said, God used that way to open the door. I'm not saying God... I wouldn't advocate people to do it, but who am I to say that God didn't, wasn't in that? And so, and so God used that in a really cool way for her to start a journey with Jesus, with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, and then an- another, another fun one was, um, well, the story doesn't sound fun. It gets fun. So um, our, um, can we go to the next slide? These are our closest team- teammates. These are our closest tied teammates. Paul Ott on the left and, and Mayor Dum in the middle. And um, Mayor Dum had been very, very unwell. Sorry, I need to open my water. Mayor Dum had been very unwell. Like for about nine months, she'd been losing weight. Um, she was very, and, and didn't know what was happening. She was very, very skinny um, and just kept losing weight and was like gaunt and, and, and not doing very well. And, um, then one, and, and, then, and then it turned out that she had cancer, that, uh, that she had cancer. And she... Uh, uh, the surgery was going to be very expensive and they weren't even sure if it was going to work. And so we had started looking into if we could find people to cover the costs of the surgery for her. And um, they came around one Saturday and she was talking about basically getting her affairs in order. She was saying, I, I know where I'm going. I'm okay. But I want my husband, I, w- I want to know that he's going to be okay. And it was, you know, it was a pretty heartbreaking moment when looking at, especially, especially for Paul Ott, who we're pretty close with him, um, and so we, we talked through all that sort of stuff. And then, and then we, um, when, they, when they were about to leave, we, um, we prayed for them. Um, I, got, I got my, my, my then four-year-old boy. He's still four. But um, uh, we, uh, we, we laid hands on her and prayed for her for, for healing in Jesus' name. Um, we just, you know, nothing, nothing special with the words we said or anything like that. But we prayed for healing in Jesus' name. Then when we, uh, when we saw her... I randomly bumped into her on the Wednesday. So I prayed for her on the Saturday. I randomly bumped into her on the Wednesday when they were catching a bus into the main city to go and get a scan um, on, on, this, on this cancer. 
And uh, when I saw her, she, her face looked fuller for the first time in months. Her face looked fuller. And she said, yeah, I feel good. And this is the first time I've put on weight for the first nine months, or for the last nine months. And we said, that's pretty amazing. You know, holding our, holding our excitement. But then she, uh, they went and got the scan and there was no cancer. Nothing, nothing. So, yeah, God's pretty cool. God's really cool. And so that's something that of, of, our, of the last four years, we've got some pretty deep convictions that have built up. Some of them are pretty simple. And I think some of you will, will, will agree, hopefully you'll agree with, with most of these convictions we've got. But it's just something that's been really sunk deep into our souls over the far, past four years. The first conviction that we have, and this is, I don't know, guys, hold on to your hats. This is a big one. Jesus is really, 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 really good. He's really good. Anybody surprised by that? Jesus is really, really good. And it's something we see more and more. We find ourselves in these positions where we are so deeply in need and Jesus comes and answers. Where we pray for people and it was almost every week, uh, it was almost every week this past year that somebody would come up to us and say, hey, Scott, since you blessed us, this happened. That's pretty cool. We're seeing live, real happening before our very eyes. God answering miracles. God moving in power. Jesus is really, 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 really good. If you don't, Jesus is really, 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 really good. The second deep conviction that we have is that the good news really is good news for everyone. doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, whether you're Buddhist, whether you're Christian, whether you're Muslim, whether you're an ardent atheist, wherever you stand in the whole spectrum of religious beliefs, the good news that Jesus died so that we could be reconciled to the Father is good news. doesn't matter who you are. And I think this is something that we need to be reminded of sometimes, that the good news is good news for everybody, every single person. We see it in because the good news means freedom from alcohol addiction. The good news means freedom from depression. We've seen that in, 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 in people over there. We've seen uh, the good news mean freedom from, uh, from drug addiction. We've seen the good news mean physical healing. We've seen the good news mean this inner peace that you can't actually explain with words, that you're in the midst of this storm all around you, but you have this peace that your feet are on the rock. That's what the good news is, and it really is good news for everybody. It doesn't matter where you come from. The good news is good news for every single person. That's true for Thailand. That's true for Melbourne. That's true for Sale. The good news really is good news. It's not just a word we say because that's what the word gospel translates as. It is good news. The final conviction that we have, the final of the three convictions I'm going to mention today, is that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Um, in, in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus says that. He says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And we see this. We see this so clearly where we are. The harvest is plentiful. So there are very few workers where we are. In, in, a, in a people group of about 20 million people. Isan, people group of 20, it's almost the size of Australia. But total missionaries, we're talking maybe 100. In this large people group, think just... Get that perspective for you. If Australia had 100 missionaries, that, that's about, and, and, and a, very slow, a very small number of uh, percentage of Christians. That's what we're talking with. The harvest is plentiful. There are people who are ready to respond to the good news. There are people that God has been prompting their hearts. He's been drawing them closer. And they are waiting for somebody to come and tell them the good news. They are waiting for somebody to share the good news. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
And that's where I want to jump into the meat of the message today, of what I have to say today, is, is this idea that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Because when you look around the world, there's, God's doing some really cool stuff, but there is still a lot of work to be done. There are a lot of people that are never going to have a chance to hear the gospel. So, before we go into that, I think it's probably pretty important that we start with getting some sort of a biblical basis for this, right? Let's, let's land this in the Bible. Is this just my opinion, or is this something that God tells us to do? Is this something that God, that is on God's heart too? So, um, can we jump up to the next one? There we go. Uh, so, the top line says, and Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. This is from Matthew 28. I think a lot of you will know this. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. So there's a key word in there, right? Shouldn't be too much of a surprise given how I've started. It's that making disciples of all nations. That's a key mandate that God gave the, the disciples. God gave the disciples and that they pass on to us. We, we receive that mandate. This mandate isn't just for them. This is for us as well, to make disciples of all nations. So that's the first bit. And the second bit, the second scripture that I want to jump to is uh, coming up. So this is from Romans chapter 10, verse 13. And it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. So, I love that passage. That's one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Um, It's one of the passages that deeply convicted us sort of seven years ago when we were still processing whether we were going to go or not. Um, I, I love that it talks about the need. How will they hear? How are people that need to hear the good news, how are they going to hear if nobody tells them? That, that's, a, that's a key point, right? That's how will they hear? So it talks about the idea of p- people needing to go. Like there's a clear call here for people to go. But what I love about it as well is it doesn't just talk about the goers. It doesn't just talk about people that are going to go. It talks a bit about how people are going to go. You know, how will people go unless somebody sends them? There is a role not just for the people that choose to uproot their lives and move to an unreached people group. There is a role for every single person in this church today. There is a role for every single person here. You can partner with God. You can partner with what God is doing to see the ends of the earth filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You guys can, you guys can partner with God in that. You can be a part of that. That's a pretty cool thing. So on that note, we've looked at the biblical mandate and I would argue it's a pretty airtight case, that we as followers of Jesus are called to make disciples of all nations. I would say that it's pretty hard to argue that we need to be doing this. So then the next question that we need to ask is, how are we actually going with this task of, uh, of making disciples, of, of reaching the nations? How are we going? How are we going with this task? So to start off with, the definition of an unreached people group is that the number of Christians there, the percentage of Christians are too small in, in a given people group. So that's, you know, ethnic, language, cultural, food sort of groupings, like makes a people group. Uh, that the number of Christians there is too small to see every single person hear the gospel. So in Sale, um, 
Brad, Brad said is probably about 5% Christian thereabouts. 5% of people are going to church, church most week um, or connected, connected to churches. There's about 5%, which means for every single person in sale to hear the good news requires every single believer across the course of their lives to share the gospel with 20 different people. Like that's, I know for some people that's pretty hard, you know, especially if you're not wired as an evangelist, but we can do that, right? That's like, think about it. In 20 years, you could do that one a year. That's not, that's not an insane amount of gospel sharing. So when we look at, when we look at um, so we, we, within sale, that can happen. Every single person can hear the good news. Within Melbourne, that can happen. Within Australia, there's only certain pockets where that would be quite difficult. But realistically, across Australia, every single person has an opportunity to meet a Christian and to respond to the Lord. Every single person. Uh, so when we, talk about, when we talk about an unreached people group, it's where that is not physically possible, where, where that's just not going to happen. So now when, when, when I first heard about unreached people groups, and this is something that blew my mind a little bit, um, I thought that, you know, it's not going to be that many people that are in unreached people groups. You know, it might be some people in, you know, war-torn parts of the world or maybe some, some, um, uh, rural, or some um, isolated, what's what I'm looking for? I've just gone blank. Remote, thank you, Brad. That's why you're the senior pastor. Some, um, some, remote, some remote sheep farmers or sort of thing. You know, everyone's, everyone's really had a chance to hear the good news is what I was thinking. Can we jump to the next one? 42.2% of the world's population live in unreached people groups. 42.2. That's, that's over 3 billion people live in people groups where they are never, ever, ever going to have a chance to hear the good news of Jesus. That's a big deal, right? This is not just a small number of people. When we look at the, the mandate is clear, the command is clear. We need to go. It's our job as followers of Jesus, not just to live our happy little lives, but to see the gospel reach the ends of the earth. This is, this is our job. Jesus left it with us. I mean, I figure if Jesus leaves us a job, we should probably take that pretty seriously. How are we going with it? Not, not that well, hey. The fact that 2,000 years later, still almost half the world's population has zero access to the gospel. That's, that's not great. So, 42.2% of the world's population live in these people groups. 3.14 billion people. So then the next question that we need to ask is, how are we going sending workers? How are we going with worker management, you know, with, with worker placement? How are we going as the, the global church... How are we going uh, with actually sending people? I asked somebody the other day, what do you think would be, would be a good percentage of people for the church to send to unreached people groups? And he goes, I don't know, maybe, maybe 2%. I was like, geez, that means in a church like Sale, there'd be like, how many, eight people going? Six people? Yep, something like that. That's a, that's a lot of people. Um, can we go to the next one? Oh, sorry, skip one more. And one more. My bad. So 42.2% of the world's population live in unreached people groups. And at the current state of the world, about 0.0005% of the world's Christians are choosing to uproot their lives and move to serve the Lord where laborers are most needed. So when we say the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few, that's how few the workers are. That's how few they are. You have a greater chance of being struck by lightning than by being a Christian that chooses to go to an unrich people group. This is a big deal. There should be some sting to this. There should be a bit of an, oh, 
to this because it's a big deal. Because when I see this put together, I can't help but think we're missing the mark. We're missing the mark here. There is such a great amount of the world's population that still needs to hear the good news. And we're just not going. How do you think we're going? As, as a global church, how are you going as, as, as Sail Baptist Church? And how, how are you going individually with this? So, to give a little bit more perspective, um, this is just the numbers that I was talking about before. So, Isan is uh, Buddhist with some spirit worship, some ancestor worship stuff in there. Um, and uh, can we skip to the next one? Next one. There we go. That's, that's where Isan is. This is where we are living. People group of 20 million people living here. Um, and then the next one. This is about 200 metres from our home, this large statue. And next one. These spirit houses are at the front of every, almost every house. They have these, houses, these spirit houses to appease the spirits. And next one. There we go. So, within Melbourne, sale of very similar numbers. To see every single person hear the gospel requires every single believer to share the gospel with somewhere between 14 to 20 different people. We can do that. For the same thing to happen within the village that we're living in, and the surrounding uh, districts requires every single person to share the gospel with. Uh, actually, there's, can you go to the next one as well? About that many people. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of work to be done. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. This just can't be done in its current state. This just cannot be done. Not saying that, and this is an important thing, because I think a lot of the time when I say this, people say, well, it's, it's important that we do work here too. Absolutely it is. Absolutely. And the work that Sale Baptist is doing here is fantastic. I love this church. I wouldn't keep asking to come back if I didn't love this church. It is a great church. I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. The work you're doing is so important. It's not about there is important and here isn't. It's just about the fact that nobody else is doing it over there. Yeah. Nobody else is doing it there. And that's the key. The workers are so, so few. So, now that we've got to this point, we've looked at the, at the command. The, the mandate is clear. The need is clear, and our worker management is somewhat lacking right now. So then the next question that we need to ask is, what, what can we actually do about it? What does this mean for us? Because my hope is that in this church, we will have some Isaiah 6-8 people, you know, people who say, here I am, Lord, send me. Some people that chuck their hands up and say, yeah, I'm in. I don't have all the details. I don't know what it means. It's complicated. But God, I'm... I'm giving you my yes. I hope that within this church, there'll be people that say this. I would love to have Sail Baptist send people to come and be on team with us. How cool would that be? Be on team with Scott Morrison, with ScoMo. Jokes aside, I would love for Sail to send people to come and work with us. Um, but that's clearly not going to be the whole church, right? Like that's, that's clearly not every one of you is going to go. So what does that mean for those of you that do not go, or for those of the church that do not go, because there is a role here for every single person. This is what I don't want, to, I, I don't want you to miss today. I don't want it to be a bit of a, well, I'm not going, therefore it's not, it's not up to me, because there really is a role for every single person in this room. First of all, and the most important thing, you cannot understate this. I think a lot of the time as Christians, we think about this and we're like, oh yeah, look, it's, we do it because we're Christians, but how important is it? 
It's the big P word, prayer. That is literally the most important thing we can be doing. You see, the prayers of a righteous person. Anybody else know that passage? Anyone else know it? Yep, availeth much, has great power, and produces wonderful results. James 5.16, the prayers of a righteous person have power. Your prayers have power. Are you righteous? No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Your prayers have power. And I think we can often miss that, and I don't want us to miss that. Because if you look at the Islamic world about 35 years ago, it was the graveyard of missions. Nobody was coming to the Lord. No one at all was coming to the Lord. And then somewhere around 30 years ago, a prayer movement started where Christians started praying for Muslims to know Jesus. Every Ramadan, every holy month, millions of Christians pray for Muslims to know Jesus. Should it surprise us now that in the last 10 years, more Muslims have come to faith than in the previous 1,400 years? Should, should that surprise us? That when God's people actually start praying, God moves in power. I feel like that shouldn't surprise us, but it still sort of does, right? The prayers that we pray are so important. And I want to encourage every single one of you that when you pray for people in an unreached people group, God hears it. And God is answering these prayers. Have you ever had a friend that uh, has asked you to pray for somebody that you'd never met before? Whether for physical health, for coming to know the Lord, for repairing a marriage or something like that, where somebody says, hey, can you pray for my uncle? Can you pray for my friend? This is happening. And you've prayed for them. And then, and then later on, you've met that person. Has anybody, has anybody had that before? Where later on, you've met that person that you've been praying for. Had never met them before, you prayed for them, then you met them. Do you have that sense of joy when that happens? Especially when God's done something cool. Especially when God's given breakthrough. Somebody's led them, that person to the Lord. Their marriage has been repaired. They've been physically healed. There's this sense of joy. Of, man, I, I partnered. I partnered in this. Like, I, I was a part of this work. And that's really cool. That's such a fun thing to do. That's such a fun part to be in. Can you imagine when you enter glory and you've been praying for Isan people? I'm, I'm here to today to say right now, I want you to pray for Isan people. When you've been, when you enter glory and you've been praying for Isan people and there are thousands, there are millions of Isan people that are standing in front of you and there's this sense of, I've never met you, but I prayed for you. I love you. Can you imagine that feeling when you're standing in glory, face to face with Jesus, and there's a sea of people that you've prayed for that you've never met before. Wow. That'd be pretty amazing. I, I want that. I want that. I want when I, when I, when I enter glory, I want to be surrounded by people that I've never met that I've prayed for, that have come to know him and have a sense of, man, the prayers that I prayed, had, it might have only been a small part, but had a part to play in this happening. I want that. And I hope that there are people in this room today that want that too. So the, uh, can we jump to the next slide? This is another, if, if, if you're not sure how to pray for unreached people groups, download this app, Joshua Project. This, this, this helps you, to, like it has a people group of the day. It's got unreached people groups that it goes through. And there's, there's lots of unreached people groups. You're not going to get through them all in a year. But every day, it's got, it's got a new people group to pray for. This is a good app to have. And it's a good way to help... Uh, to help set your heart, help, help God catch your heart for unreached people groups. Because we found the more we prayed, the, the, more, we, the more our hearts broke for people in these, in these people groups. So give that one a download. If you, if you can, feel free to bring your phones out now if you're not already. Um, 
the Isan people will be, will be featured on there at some point, though it might not be for a while. You never know. There's a lot of unreached people groups. So that's the first response we can have is to pray because this prayer thing is a really big deal, really big deal. The second thing we can be doing is sending people. As a church, that passage uh, in, um, in, in Romans chapter, chapter 10, 13? Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Um, that talks about the need for us to send people. People can't go. Now, hear me right. This isn't me asking you for money at all. I'm not doing that. Don't give to us. Find somebody else to give to. It's not hard to find a people group that you fall in love with. and you can, It's not hard to find missionaries that are working in those people groups. I can help you there if you want. This isn't me asking for money. But people don't hear the gospel if missionaries aren't sent. Find a people group, find a missionary that's going there, and send them financially. This is a big deal. It's needed. People don't hear the gospel if people don't give money towards that. Don't give to us. (laughs) Um, And as a church, again, I would love to see this church be a sending church, be a church that sends missionaries. How cool would it be if you guys had half a dozen missionaries that were like, yeah, these are our people. We're sending, I mean, it means you've got to send some of your best out. It means you've got to send some, some pretty awesome people out. But I would love to see this church be a, be a sending church like that. Uh, and finally, go. Be someone who sees the need and who responds to the need. Be somebody who stands before the Lord and says, God, here I am, send me. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what it's going to look like. But here I am, send me. It's not convenient right now, but God, I'm ready. Because I've got to tell you, it's never convenient. There's never a time in your life you're like, you know what? I think I'm ready to sell all my stuff and move to the other side of the world. <laughs> There's never a time where you go, yep, give me five minutes and I'll be ready for that. It's, it's never convenient. There is never a time where you go, you've just got to go, God, I'm, I'm ready. Give God your yes. Say yes to God. God, my answer to you is yes, no matter what the cost. My answer to you is yes. God will use that, God will honor that, and God will do some cool things in you and through you along the way. I just want to read um, that, uh, that um, Romans passage again. Can you, can you backtrack to the Romans passage? Thank you. So I just want to change something in this. I want to change when it talks about they. I want to insert the word Isan people, just to make it a bit more real. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can the Isan people call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can the Isan people believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can the Isan people hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell the Isan people without being sent? On that note, what I'd love to do, you know, we talked about how significant prayer is. I'd love to give some time right now to pray. Um, I'd love to have you guys praying for the Isan people. Because, again, I come here pretty unashamedly saying, I want you guys to catch a heart for Isan. I'd love to have workers from here go to Isan. I would love to have workers from here become our teammates. If it's not Isan, it's somewhere else, that's cool to us. Celebrate that. Um, But, yeah, we'd love to see people really catch that heart for unreached people groups, for going where the need is the greatest and where the workers are the fewest. So, can we, um, can we get around in, in uh, how do you normally do it, just in, in, in pews, get, sit around in groups of however many, sit with people next to you, however, break up into whatever the easiest relational thing is. For the introverts here, I think they're starting to have a bit of an in- internal scream, but um, 
Yeah, if you want to sit on your own and pray, you can do that too. Um, but we're gonna, we've got some prayer points we're going to have up in a sec. Look at you. That was quick. Well done. So we're going to be praying for more workers for the harvest. You know, in, in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus says, Ask the Lord of the harvest for workers for his harvest field. So that's what we're praying for both, uh, for both Isan people to become workers, Isan people to catch the heart of the gospel and, and, and share with everyone they know. Uh, and we're also asking for missionaries, for expats, for people from this church and beyond to go to Isan and beyond. Uh, we're praying for God to move in power in Isan. That's the key, isn't it? If God moves in power, it doesn't really matter what I do. And the middle one there, no, it's not the middle one there. It's the middle one on my notes. The fourth one there is the middle one on my notes, is, uh, is, is praying, God, do you want to send me? Just have that raw moment of honesty saying, God, I'm open. I'm open to you. Whether he sends you or not, that's an important place to get to of submission to the Lord. Um, pray that... Um, what did I miss up there? Yeah, pray, pray for those that have heard the good news in Isan that they would know God and follow him alone. Just be 100% on Jesus and not going back between Jesus and Buddhism, Jesus and Buddhism. Um, and then we'd love you to pray for our family too. Um, so I'm hijacking your service a bit to make it praying for us. But um, yeah, thanks, Brad. Um, so if you guys want to do that, we'll give it about five minutes, guys. So feel free to jump into that now. Thanks, guys, for praying. It's a real blessing for us. I think, yeah, we can often overlook how significant it is when we pray. I think we can often think, especially if we've prayed a few times and we haven't got the result that we were hoping for, I think we can often get a sense of, does prayer really do anything? I, I can tell you that what we're seeing on the front lines is it, it does a lot. Prayer does a lot. We see it consistently. We have a big problem, an immovable object, and people back here start praying for us, and that object just disappears. That object goes. When God's people pray, God moves in power. Um, hey, so just, just to finish up, if... Uh, when I, when I was about an hour from, um, from home, I realized I'd forgotten. Our, um, I like to have a bit of a sign-up sheet for people that want to start praying for Isan with us. Uh, I forgot that sheet. So there's just on the welcome desk, there's a little like handwritten, very, very neat. Um, yeah, it's, feel free to chuck your name and your email address on that. We'd love to have you, have you praying for us. If you want to know, if you want to have some more points. Um, if you just want to, want to have a chat, maybe write a note on there as well. If you want to, yeah, feel free to come and chat to us after the service. If, if this is something that's on your heart, man, I would love... I would love to play a part in your journey here, uh, whether that's to pray, to give, or to go. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much, Scott, for sharing that. That's a real challenging word, and I pray that you would, um, yeah, take that prayer that Scott challenged us to pray to, what are you calling me to do, God? What are you asking of me? I think that's a, a really powerful place to get to in your own prayer life and your own submission before God. What do you... What's your, your heart for me, God? Well, that does our service for this morning. So thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for joining us online. Pray that you have a, a fantastic week. Don't forget, next Sunday we've got Steve's induction, so make sure you are here for that. But stick around, get to know someone new, have a coffee, uh, and we'll see you again next Sunday. Have a great week. <laughs>